Hello and welcome to the Principle of Moments podcast in association with Hanover Fox Executive Search. And in this edition, we're going to be looking at red tape and what government and business needs to do in order to reduce the burden on business to help stimulate the economy and help business startups in this post-COVID economy. Now, I'll be joined by Director of Hanover Fox, Mark Rowley, to discuss the key issues. Now, if you've missed any of the previous episodes of the series, you can stream or download from the Hanover Fox website at www.hanoverfox.com or by iTunes, Acast and any of the other streaming providers. So on to this month's edition then of the podcast, where I'm joined by Mark Rowdy to discuss this issue of red tape, how it's affecting business and what needs to be done to reduce it. So here is the conundrum. We live in the most technologically advanced age in history, with instant global communication and business being done 24-7. Yet studies and reports from around the world continue to tell us that the pace of business is actually slowing down and not speeding up. So, Is it just the governments of the world that are at fault in tying us all up in red tape? Do companies themselves share some or any of the blame? What are your thoughts? Well, uh, firstly, hands up all those who enjoy red tape and bureaucracy. Um, You won't see many hands, Tim, that's for sure, unless you're uh, in the minority working in big companies. But certainly from the point of view of the the entrepreneur or the business person who's looking to set up an idea and take it to market, um, I think going back to the technology question, technology, well, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it's a fantastic thing to be able to have because we, we're all users. I, I can sit at home now, and you can sit at home, log on to the government website, pay your £14.99, and you set up a limited business. So that's the start of your journey, but it gets, <laughs> it gets complicated from there on. Um, and I think the more technology that you have in business, the more technology that is being used technology creates data and big data and once you start getting big data into organizations and and governments and trading platforms and what have you that by definition trips into red tape um and and what i think is what what is referred to as instruction creep um and that isn't some sort of dodgy training manager that you used to work with that is basically a term used for the more instruction and the more data that comes through the more people who are involved in decision making so they will then need an instruction to take it to the next level and then the next person will take it to the next level and this creeping red tape is formed Um, so right in the earliest point of the £14.99 setting up your business you've peaked really at that point because that's the most straightforward process uh, to actually uh, go into business but after that it can get very complicated and, and clearly does dependent also mind you on your sector and the functionality and what the product is that you're making or or taking to a market. Well, there is a general agreement that in order to stop holding business startups back post-COVID, in particular, red tape needs to be slashed. Now, this isn't something new. Research the subject and you'll find that this conversation has been going on for as long as the internet has been storing studies, reports and opinions. So why is it any different now? And regardless of how long we appear to have been discussing the pace of change, it has been and remains infuriatingly slow. Well, I think we'll always be doing it, frankly, because legislation changes in in a modern era, a modern workplace, modern technology. um, You have to have legislation change, because if you don't, then clearly... 
You're not playing catch up with processes. So it will always be there. But I think what, what hasn't been achieved is to um, make legislation basically um, nimble, agile and proportionate. And it needs to be proportionate. Again, going back to the startup after the COVID and people now setting up new businesses, I think it needs to be proportionate to um, the state of the company that you've set up. If you're a small business or a medium size or a larger business, then basically red tape and legislation uh, will have to be have to be accounted for. That I understand and that I get. But to have the legislation and red tape the same for a company that's been operating for six months as opposed to one that's been offered op operating for 25 years and turns over 100 million pounds, that's not proportionate. Um, and I think, and we don't want to get on the political side, clearly, but I think also government changes, political changes come in place and what uh, was used and what was instigated from one government um, now is not suited to the next government. So they will create their changes. And we're always seeming to be in this sort of flip-flop scenario whereby it's one or the other. Um, but it's difficult. We can't, I don't know why we can't sort of really make it nimble and agile. I think governments have tried. And I think at the moment there is a groundswell of optimism that um, uh, legislation that is changing and various acts that have been formed over the past three years um, will allow for this to take place. But it's, it's the momentum behind it. It's great having the ideas, but we've got to keep that momentum and communicate it to everybody that the red tape is lessening in certain areas. Yeah, there was a consultation announced by the government back in July from the Independent Task Force on Innovation, Growth and Regulatory Reform. They came up with a hundred different suggestions, but the five principles that underpin this, and you've mentioned a couple of them, incidentally. One was uh, sovereign um, approval, basically set rules that boost the growth and benefit the British people. Two, lead from the front, uh, act nimbly to support the development of new technologies. Three, the use of non-regulatory options where possible. Uh, four, recognise what works. I mean, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? And five, set high standards both at home and globally. Uh, can you set high standards whilst uh, reducing red tape? And what do you think of those principles in principle? Well, uh, yes, I mean, lovely. Uh, they all sound really good. And um, I'm sure there was a lot of red tape used to actually come up with the name of that task force. But um, I think, yeah, you can... Regulation is there and red tape is there to protect certain people, certain processes um, and certain industries. And that's absolutely fine. It needs to be there. But I think insofar as... Um, let's use the example of red tape within the employment world, because clearly um, that, that, that is of interest and importance to us at Hanover Fox. Um, regulation for employment and regulation for search and, and such like activities um, in a smaller company, could it not be slightly relaxed um, as opposed to having the, the, the close regulation that takes place in the bigger companies with a higher headcount? I think an element of self sort of certification and self-regulation um, is useful, um, but we don't want to get to the stage that previously it was a few years back where it was a bit of the Wild West, basically, and companies can do what they wanted to do where they wanted to do it, and um, there was a lot of uh, sort of crash and burning from, a, from a, um, a, an employment point of view. That's, um, that's not what we want, but there has to be some form of protection, but it has to be light touch, and it has to be um, encouraged by the owners or the managers of the, managers of the business to basically create an environment that is best in class, best in class for staff, best in class for the suppliers, 
Um, and that self-regulation will hopefully, by definition, weed out the poor performers from the good performers. And the quality applicants and the quality staff will want to work with the quality businesses. And in that sector, news, you know, news spreads quickly within into sector, basically. And so the good people will want to work with the good companies. The people who are not um, as tightly controlled and, uh, and operating in a, in a modern sort of format that will be expected, they'll be highlighted and um, they won't grow, they won't develop. So I think it's the balance of the two and it is difficult, I appreciate that, but I, we hear a lot about red tape being slashed, uh, regulation coming on board, and they can reduce regulation, but it always crops up another form of red tape does take place and um, it's stifling. It's stifling for the small business because they don't have the time, um, the money and the capability to keep up with so much of the red tape and bureaucracy that is introduced to, uh, to grow your company. How do you get around the counter-argument here that basically what business wants is to remove red tape, but what that really means is to remove safeguards, mm. things like health and safety suffer, employee benefits suffer, etc., etc., and you go back to, uh, well, to use a term that you used just then, the Wild West. Yeah, and I, as I say, that's that's the area of, of greatest concern, basically, because you, you have to create, and we've come a long way in creating fair, equal environments for individuals within companies, and, and we do not want to go backwards from that. Clearly, that we don't. Um, I think most people, most managers, most company owners recognize the benefit of that. Um, they, they're using the new protocols that are necessary, the various legislations and laws that have taken place over the past sort of 10 years in particular, and it's now ingrained in companies how they, how they recruit and how they uh, manage their teams. Um, but I think from a, from a safeguarding point of view, yeah, it's, it's, I can see the arguments um, to that, and there'll always be some individuals who will look to cut corners and cutting corners from safety, from health, in a factory environment or, or whatever. We can't go backwards in that in that capacity, certainly not. But I think maybe, um, I think regulation and red tape and bureaucracy is suited for companies at certain sizes. And I think probably if you're a startup and you're looking to get the business going, hire your teams, you've got the product, um, uh, maybe the regulation needs to be a lighter touch for a period of time, let's say two years, uh, once the business get, gets established and on its feet and making money, or maybe three years. Um, or whether when it hits a certain turnover figure. Turnover doesn't always mean profitability, but profitability then pays for um, basically outsourcing the legislation requirements that we need to do because of an act change or such like. You can deal with it. Um, so I, I, think, I think we have to look at the state of companies and their maturity and their markets before an, an overriding red tape policy document is, is put out to business. Yeah, very interesting that because, and I'm going to mention a couple of studies throughout the, the rest of this conversation, yeah. but one of the first ones I came up with uh, was produced by uh, a guy called Richard Foster, who was a senior director at McKinsey's in, in New York. And he highlighted an interesting issue, and he just said, bureaucracy comes with growth. And this was uh, based on a study of a thousand large companies. And they pointed out that none of the survivors over the 40-year period this study was done, none of the survivors outperformed the stock market. Uh, and they point to corporate control systems creeping in that create you know, defensive routines that undermine the ability to innovate. Yeah. 
and they stifle creativity. Is this something that you've encountered or you've seen? Yes, absolutely, yeah. I mean, if your company, for example, is in the healthcare sector or it has a, a product or a service that has an insurance offering behind it, um, it's an absolute minefield to take a business to market, especially with insurance. You have so many controls from the various, uh, from the FSA and the compliance ruling and such like, for the individuals that are in the company as well as the company itself. Um, it can take an absolute eternity, it really can. So I, I think, I, I totally agree, bureaucracy does come with growth. Um, and as you get bigger, going back to our first point, Tim, about data and big data, it's the control of that data internally and externally um, and how you protect that data that really has so much red tape attached to it. And in the end, you're you're protecting the internal um, information and activity so much that it can be quite easy to actually lose your way in the external market and, and go for your new markets and your new growth, particularly on the international stage as well, because obviously once you get into an international trading platform, there are, um, oh, it's a minefield, it really is. You need to have uh, capability internally or expensive outsourced legal advice to really sort of see you through it. So the, in a way, the bigger you get, the more the more obstructions come your way. Um, I read it in dealing with our client base, that's for sure. Just the flip side of that is that mm. if you talk to entrepreneurs, they will say that red tape disproportionately affects their area of the market. One survey, this was fairly recent, highlighted 25% yeah. of entrepreneurs saying that regulation was the biggest single inhibitor to growth. There was another report from the RAND Corporation. This is in the States. Uh, they did a joint study with the Kaufman Foundation. Again, they were also in the States. Found a small and emerging companies carry a disproportionately high burden of all red tape. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I would imagine that's absolutely true. Um, and, and I think business people who are launching a business, um, you, they're, they're not red tape specialists. Um, they won't be holding their hands up because they enjoy red tape and bureaucracy. That's the last thing on the list they want to get involved with. They know they have to do it. Um, otherwise, the authorities will come down on, on them like a ton, ton of bricks. And in a way, um, it's almost like buying a funeral. You don't want to buy the funeral, but you know you have to. Um, and this is <laughs> this is how so many business people see bureaucracy and red tape. They don't see it as a friend or they don't see it as something which I can follow. Um, the minority, there, there's a minority who think, well, I'm going to get every single accreditation and tick every single box as possible because as I grow and as I pitch for new business and as I come, come onto the um, supplier agreements of certain companies, these are the questions that I will be asked. And if I can tick every single box by the sp being a small company, then that'll springboard me onto their preferred supplier listing, let's say, within, within, their, within their customer base. And that's a very healthy attitude to take, but it takes a lot of time to get to that, uh, to get to that state. Um, and in most new businesses, especially post-COVID and looking to start up, um, they want speed, they want pace, they want nimbleness and agility to be able to take their product to market. And I think we are seeing and certainly hearing a lot of um, encouraging sounds coming out of the um, uh, the business uh, the business side of the government. Um, let's just hope that that <laughs> let's hope is maintained and the momentum and the swell does continue and take place. And and in three, four, five years time, in mind it will change and go back to previously how it was. Because that's that's what businesses don't like. They don't like to have that flip flopping. Let's have clarity. Um, if we have to do this, we don't want to do it, but we know we've got to do it. So let's just get on with it and we'll make sure that every year on that date we have to comply. We have to fill this form in 
um, and it becomes part of the process. Just to show, by the way, that this isn't a conversation that is exclusive to people that live in the UK. There was a report by the Institute of Public Affairs over in Australia, this was just a couple of years ago, that said that unnecessary regulation costs the economy, this is over there, $176 billion a year. Without it, the economy would be 11% bigger and households would be individually just short of $20,000 better off. Lots of people like to throw figures around. Um, what, do you think of, what do you think of that? Well, it's stunning, isn't it? I mean, if that's accurate, if that's true, uh, no reason why it wouldn't be true, then that's, um, <laughs> you've got to listen to that. I mean, the authorities have to listen to that because if that is coming back into businesses, cascading down through the, uh, uh, the suppliers, through the staff and coming into the people's homes, I mean, that's almost like um, you know, slashing your, uh, your, 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 your tax bills and your, your budgetary control uh, per country. So, yeah, you've got to listen to that, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's difficult, though, to really put an actual cost yeah. on this because what interested me there was that PwC, this was in the UK, said that, look, red tape reduction would lead to a 0.3% addition to growth, which seems to be you know, extreme of the other side of the argument. The best thing to do is to take a middle ground, so anywhere between 0.3 and, uh, and, and, the, and the previous figure that you had. I would say I would say it'd be higher, and I don't think you can accurately give that figure because there are so many dimensions to put into, the, the, the put into, into play here, basically. Uh, there is a suggestion as well that heightened uh, tensions in trading yeah. around the world, I mean, obviously we've seen the issues with Brexit here, these are making countries adopt more pro-business reforms. And again, in other words, just cutting the red tape to make business easier to attract inward investments. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, as an example, Ireland many years ago when the uh, the Celtic Tiger was being uh, promoted heavily back in the, I think that was the mid-90s, the early 90s, um, they made dramatic changes to their um, their tax uh, structure for corporations and businesses. Um, and that was a great success, clearly. I mean, so many of the big companies have positioned themselves over there uh, for a European central point of view. And it's remained. It hasn't changed. They're still there, even though there have been changes and it's not quite as attractive as it was in the past. Um, and I believe also, I think I'm right in saying that their red tape and bureaucracy um, is not quite to the level of, of us here in the UK. So if you have a forward-looking government, a forward-looking um, uh, a business uh, department that can really sort of make those changes and you make it attractive you will you will you will get people coming through i mean there are you know, the bigger companies they have teams on board their strategy teams it's their job i mean they look around the world and they look to see what what benefit it'll be in the short and medium term to um, position their subsidiaries overseas and it's taking place all the time and hopefully with the change that we had uh, back in 2016 hopefully you know, we can lighten the load, um, clear some of the red tape and bureaucracy for the international firms and make the UK, the whole of the UK, not just London, but the whole of the UK, an, an attractive proposition to base yourself. The UK government has had a few attempts and sometimes these don't get publicised maybe as much as they should actually because mm. 20, between 2011 and 2014 they ran something called the, the Red Tape Challenge. Now, this was to crowdsource views from business and organisations and the public. 
and they ended up with 30,000 comments and submissions. Now, they then identified from those the regulation, went to the respective departments and got them to justify why that particular piece of red tape should be kept or how it could be improved. Now, that resulted in... 3,000 regulations plus being scrapped. It saved business 1.2 billion. Why did it only run then, do you think, for three years? And why shouldn't we be be doing this as a continuing programme? Yeah, I totally agree. If it, if it was big news back in 2013, 2014, then it remains big news today. Um, it, it's nice to have that sort of feedback from Joe Public on recommendations, but on the flip side, you're thinking, well, the government is running a competition here. Probably the government is in power and voted in to be able to come up with these decisions um, by themselves. So I think it's a, it's a two-way sort of process. But yes, I, th- I think you need to talk to the people who it affects. And it doesn't affect ministers so much. It doesn't affect civil servants so much. They're doing their job and they're doing it to the best of their ability. But if you want to create change and get the feedback, you talk to the people that it affects. And those are going to be the business leaders, the business owners, um, and the staff who operate in a fairly sort of senior capacity within that. If that feedback is coming, it should be a continuation. It should be a drip feed um, over many years. But I think probably, as, as we mentioned in a, in a previous comment, if a government changes and the political landscape changes, then what was the main agenda for one government becomes less of an agenda for uh, a future government. So it's this flip-flopping. It, we can't seem to get a momentum. We can't seem to keep a, a continual line in our belief that red tape and bureaucracy needs to be light. Um, and I think, as I say, with technology and data, data creates that uh, red tape and bureaucracy. And, and data, for me, I can't see any end to it. It's a, it's a good thing in so many ways, but it's only going to get bigger. We're only going to be creating more data Um, more GDPR issues um, in the future. And we should look as well, shouldn't we, at the successes of others around the world. A couple of examples, British Columbia, the province of British Columbia over in Canada, cut red tape by 48% from 2001 onwards. And they did it by measuring regulation, by counting the number of restrictive clauses in legislation, words like must and shall, And Canada itself was the first to implement this is around the world and they had cross-party support for this so it didn't turn into a political issue. Uh, Every new piece of legislation that came onto the books, one piece must go. What a great idea. Yeah. Who decides which piece must go, mind you? That's a big big topic. But um, yeah, I was going to say... (laughs) A new Quango has been set up to uh, shut down Quangos, yeah. Um, no, I, what a great idea. I mean, if that, if that worked for Canada or British Columbia, um, and it's, I, I guess, you know, we're quite closely sort of allied with Canada insofar as ideas and thinking and, and such like it seems over the last uh, four years in particular. Um, why should that not, not work here? I think it's a great idea. And it, it just shows, it shows creativity. It shows that the government's, on 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 the side, if you like, of businesses, um, and I think not always have we felt in this country that business has an ally with the government. The government is a tax creating and a tax taking um, infrastructure, which is absolutely right and necessary. But there's never been a huge amount coming back the other way. Um, if we can get those sort of ideas that are used in British Columbia, um, fantastic. 
Now, it is worth remembering it's not all bad news, and despite the fact that we have red tape and would benefit from an awful lot less of it, uh, the UK ranked 18th out of 190 in the World Bank rankings for the ease of starting a business, and 8th in terms of doing business once you have one set up. Now, this compares extremely well when you look at our near trading neighbours in Europe. France were 32 and 37, Germany 22, and incredibly, 125th. Are you surprised at the rankings in particular of Germany? Yes, yes, I I, I am. I, I know, I, I think what we're seeing there is because... Germany, such as Switzerland and other other those Germanic countries, let's say in Central Europe, they have their cantons. They have their different districts and their different regions. And one region will have a different set of policies for business um, in, in, in the Munich area, and another region in the Berlin area will have a slightly different set there as well. So you've got quite a fragmented sort of structure of how you you, you manage businesses. Their employment laws um, have been very controlled in the past as well. Um, so I can I can see that there's a a slowing down, if you like, of, of running a business through. But I think I think the German market relies very heavily on the fact that international traders with Germany are trading because they expect to get the best in class of their product or their service, because that's the that's the um, the positioning that Germany has on the on the international stage of their of their business. So that generates activity. Um, I think with, with the UK being number eight in a startup, I, yes, I mean, I, I, I get that because it's £14.99 sat in front of my laptop and, and buying my company right from scratch. China's standing continues to improve significantly as well. They've risen up the rankings from 46 to 31. The Chinese government digitised all of their government services in recent times. So their citizens can do everything online from setting up a company to paying taxes. And there have, though, been these new recent restrictions on some of the big tech players over there, Alibaba, Tencent, etc. Most recently, which might have surprised a few, the government stepping in to limit children's online gaming to just about an hour a week seems like a, a sensible decision. Yeah, but, it, but it's in stark contrast to what they were looking to achieve a few years ago when they did want to be the, the technology giant of the world. Um, and they almost really achieved that. They're now holding back on that. They're pulling back on all that technology. Interesting because the US have, have started to step in and take some back. I see the the crypto mining uh, companies moved from China. Literally everyone has moved out and landed in Texas where they've got uh, cheap tariffs for electricity. So you go over to Texas now, it's not all about beef and cattle. You'll bump into a few uh, crypto miners over there as well. Yeah, what a changing world we live in, eh? Our parents wouldn't have believed it, would they? (laughs) Fast forward. Well, interesting to India, uh, who also vastly improved um, over the last couple of years uh, since uh, Modi came to power. We're replacing red tape, he said, with red carpet. Oh, I like it. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, we'll have to remember that one for the future. (laughs) I wanted, just before we end, uh, I wanted to highlight a few pieces of uh, red tape that might make you smile. Oh, Uh, good. A couple from Canada. Uh, A bylaw in a place called uh, Smithers uh, that required business that did uh, renovations, building work over $100,000, uh, to do unrestricted offside work as well, such as, quote, building a sidewalk, 
that led to nothing. <laughs> really? uh, there was also a, a community benefits agreement which required employees of construction companies working in infrastructure projects uh, to join specific unions. Uh, the business then had to comply with 336 pages of rules, including one which said that dinner plates must be warmed for all employees. Absolutely right. Totally agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's staggering, isn't it? It really is. Some job's worth in uh, there coming up with these. And should we remember, before we conclude, the, the classic which has appeared across many forms of, of social media at various junctures over the last uh, five or ten years. Uh, it appeared in the UK recently. This was at the height of Brexit. And it simply said, Lord's Prayer, 66 words, Ten Commandments, 179 words, Gettysburg Address, 286 words, EU Regulations on Sale of Cabbage, 26,911 <laughs> words. <laughs> Although... Oh, dear. Although I have to say, if you do research that, the that a quote did appear minus the EU bit. It originated in the US in the 1940s. So somebody has used a bit of artistic license there. Yeah, but to a great benefit, though, it's a lovely, lovely, lovely uh, end of a conversation, isn't it? And on that bombshell, absolutely, yes. Very good. And finally then, as I know that you're an aficionado of music, that you will be well aware of the works of Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Yes, absolutely. Crazy Horse and Neil. Yes, yes. That's good. So I'll leave you with this quote. Red tape, like rust, never sleeps. <laughs> Very good. I enjoyed it. Thanks then to Mark Rowley for joining me for this edition of the Principle of Moments podcast. And don't forget, if you've missed any of the previous editions of the series, then you can download or stream via the website at www.hanoverfox.com or via any of the streaming providers. If there's anything contained in any of the series you'd like more information on or to discuss, do feel free to get in touch contact details again available via the website well thanks for joining me this month we look forward to welcoming you back for the next edition of the principle of moments podcast until then from me tim capel goodbye for now